He has proved his love for us, a royal race of priests to serve God, his Father. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. As we celebrate today the Feast of the Kingship of our Lord, major feast for our dear Institute, consecrated to Christ as King and Sovereign Priest, let us recall some important and essential truth about consecration, the consecration, the ordination we as priests have received from the hands of our Holy Spouse, the Church. Tu es sacerdos in eternum secundum ordinem Melchisedec. You have certainly recognized the word sung during priestly ordinations. You are priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, who was priest and king of Salem, commonly identified as the city of Jerusalem. With these words are reminded to us that our priestly vocation and ministry has a twofold character. A priestly, of course, and a kingly character. What are now the implications of such a character ontologically speaking for a priest in his uh, entire being? Bishops and priests, says the Catechism of the Council of Trent, being as they are God's interpreters and ambassadors, empowered in his name to teach mankind to divine law, law and the rules of conduct, and holding as they do his place on earth. It is evident that no nobler function can theirs, than theirs can be imagined. Interpreters and ambassadors is their sole mission. Sacerdos as the one dedicated exclusively to the service of God and His Church. Taken from the rest of the flock, He has been consecrated for a unique and immeasurable task acting in persona Christi, in the person of Christ. I dedicate myself for their sake, that they too may be dedicated through the truth. Respect, reverence, and prudence should then be manifested when around them. The more the Christian flock understands the dignity and sacredness of the priesthood and act accordingly, the more priests themselves will be able to understand as much as it is possible for a human mind and heart what he is. He is priest, servant, and king. King as far as he partakes already in the government of the kingdom of heaven by giving souls access to it through the sacraments he confers. This twofold character and mission implies a total an irreversible consecration to God for the sake of the people. This consecration includes priestly celibacy. He who is unmarried is concerned with God's claim, whereas the married man is concerned with the world's claim, wrote St. Paul. And every man that has forsaken home, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, says our divine Savior himself, shall receive his reward a hundredfold and obtain everlasting life. And also, they renounce marriage for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Many detractors of the truth and rights moral 
attribute the decline of vocations to the heavy burden of the obligation of celibacy. Pope John Paul II recently reaffirmed the exact opposite. The Church, he says, as the spouse of Jesus Christ, wishes to be loved by the priest in the total and exclusive manner in which Jesus Christ, our head and spouse, loved her. Priestly celibacy, then, is the gift of self in and with Christ to his church and expresses the priest's service to the church in and with the Lord. This perfect continence for love of the kingdom of heaven has always been held in high esteem by the church as a sign and stimulus of love and as a singular source of spiritual fertility for the world. And Benedict XVI emphasized, This choice has first and foremost a nuptial meaning. It is a profound identification with the heart of Christ, the bridegroom who gives his life for the bride. And long before them, both, Pius XII affirmed, by his law, his law of celibacy, the priest, so far from losing the gift and duties of fatherhood, rather increases them immeasurably. For although he does not beget progeny for this passing life on earth, he begets children for that life which is heavenly and eternal. Here are eight irrefutable arguments that should be mentioned to our many detractors. Priestly celibacy isn't anything different than the state in life assumed by our Lord Himself. It is an active participation to the symbolism of Christ's eternal spouse of the Church. It is not a refusal of marriage, but on the contrary, a voluntary gift of oneself to the mystical marriage with the Church as a singular moral person, singular entity. Christ give, gave himself without sharing, without division. The priest, according to St. Paul, like a good soldier of Christ, Jesus Christ, take his share of hardship. The soldier on service, if he would please the captain who enlisted him, will refuse to be entangled in the business of daily life. The world hates ascetism and self-sacrifice. By giving up a lawful marriage, priests accept to give up everything, to give himself entirely to Christ alone. And for this reason, he becomes a source, a cause of scandal for the world. Married priests certainly wouldn't solve the problem of all the disorder and scandal that we see today. This argument would be degrading marriage itself, since it would simply consider this marriage as a kind of a relief valve, a compensation, whereas facts in our society today seem to disaffirm this. Marriage also involves a lot of responsibilities, chores, duties, and time. Conflicts, then, in the couple between family and work are very, very common. How many couples of married priests would actually be able, able to avoid such difficulties? A married couple works for generations to come, preparing for inheritance to their children as much as possible. What about a priest now with children? and the detachment from earthly things 
earthly riches he has promised to follow. Finally, the church is not in a position to update her moral, the moral of the church and her teaching according to the so-called needs of a certain group of people that constantly mocks and even despises her message of truth. Her best testimony, then, is a courageous attitude and the defense of the rights of God at all costs. So as we celebrate the patronal feast of our dear Institute, let us pray and beg God's mercy and justice for the enemies of his sacred priesthood and kingship. And let us pray for all the good priests we know in our entourage, all the priests faithful to their mission and consecration, working as valiant soldiers in the army of the Lord for the expansion of his kingdom and the defense of his rights as God, Almighty King, eternal and sovereign priest. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs>